Hi, I'm Hannah Lee, Head of Asia-Pacific ESG Equity Research at JP Morgan. After three years of La Nina conditions, climate prediction models are forecasting a transition to El Nino later this year. Latest updates from the World Meteorological Organization indicate an 80% probability of El Nino developing between July and September this year. The past eight years have been the hottest on record globally, each posting temperatures of at least one degree C above pre-industrial levels. A switch to El Nino conditions later this year could exacerbate the warming effect of climate change. This means that for the first time ever, we may experience temperatures breaching the 1.5 degrees threshold of the Paris Agreement. From an ESG and climate change investing perspective, new temperature records could refocus the lens on adaptation, which so far has proven to be an underinvested theme, with the UNEP estimating that adaptation finance needs to grow 10 times to meet the needs of developing countries. More about adaptation as an investment theme later, however. First, I'd like to introduce the JP Morgan research team that are here with me today to discuss some of the market implications of a potential switch to El Nino conditions. I'm joined by Jeff Ng, Head of Malaysia Research and Strategy, Jeanette Uton, Head of Philippines Research and our ASEAN Consumer Team, Sin Ben Ong, Chief ASEAN Economist, and last but not least, Sanjay Munkim, Head of India Research and JP Morgan's India Equity Strategist. Jeff, let's start with you. You cover the ASEAN plantations. How have past El Nino events affected agricultural output of palm oil? And what read across does that have to the sector as a whole? Thanks, Anna. The impact of the mild El Nino to a severe El Nino had seen crude palm oil prices soar 40 to 60% in the past. Um, Malaysia, that account for nearly 40% of the world output, was down about 10 to 12% year on year. But the impact was somehow cushioned by Indonesia that enjoyed um, expansion-led volume growth tailwind. But we do not have that luxury today as Indonesia has decelerated on new planting by about 80 to 90% since 2016. So any weather risk will result in a drawdown on inventory, which will lead to a very tight demand supply situation. Same can be said of rice, wheat, sugar, um, and other soft commodity. We thus see margin risk on consumer staple names. No, besides weather risks, the underplanting reality that we have to face um, is real. The past decade, we have seen underfertilization due to poor cash flow, lack of manpower, which led to poor crop um, maintenance, and, and you know, coupled onto the underplanting um, supply growth is severely impacted, and we thus see a, a significant deceleration. The yields have been on a declining trend for the last three years. Um, so if El Nino does hit, this will only get worse. Um, so we are positive on um, the crude palm oil price outlook um, on the fundamental basis, and El Nino will, will only make it worse and strengthen our thesis. Um, the same can't be said of plantation equity, which used to be the most direct proxy to this potential event, but the ESG pressure had broke the correlation between equities and the underlying commodity prices. We start to believe more actionable ideas uh, on the consumer front, which you can see more margins with. That's all from my side. I'll pass it back to you. Thank you, Jeff. That last point is a great segue to pass over to Jeanette. Jeanette, looking broadly at the ASEAN consumer, what do you see as the potential knock-on impact of a poorer agricultural outlook? 
There are two important implications to the over 650 million population in ASEAN brought about by El Nino and its accompanying negative impact to agriculture. First is the higher agri or soft commodity prices as, as Jeff discussed earlier. We think that this is net negative to consumer manufacturers, particularly the food and beverage producers, which face negative earnings risks coming from higher input costs. On the other hand, companies with solid market share position and strong brands are expected to have greater flexibility to take on price actions, which allows them to mitigate the raw material inflation. We think that they are the best position to weather through any sharp and significant input cost inflation coming from El Nino, uh, pressuring their margins. Our earning sensitivity suggests that there is a potential mid-single digit to as much as 20% hit to EBIT for every 10 points change in key major raw material prices, assuming all things are equal. If we move on to the second implication, uh, this actually would be percolating through a pure agriculture sector outlook. And this is via a reduced agri output, which will ultimately percolate to lower farm income and eventually to consumption. Thailand and Indonesia historically had relatively worse agriculture performance during El Nino episodes, and it doesn't help that a third of its labor force is employed by the agriculture sector. However, we notice that agriculture contribution to GDP as well as employment composition over the last decade is diminishing. Employment composition is shifting from primary to tertiary sectors across Indonesia, Thailand, and Philippines, with contribution declining between 8 to 11 points, while contribution to GDP down by 2 to 4 points over the same period. We think that companies that either leverage on urban consumption or benefits from weather-induced increased demand or store visits will be relatively resilient under a moderate to severe El Nino backdrop. Thank you, Jeanette. As you mentioned, lower crop yields and higher commodity prices clearly have a read-through to food inflation. Sinbang, how worried are you about the potential impact of El Nino on inflation in ASEAN? Within EM, EM Asia's inflation profile has generally been the most benign, and this has led to only modest interest rate increases compared to its peers in EMEA and LATAM. A large part of this benign rise in inflation, or relatively benign rise in inflation, owes to modest food prices uh, in this region and our forecast embeds an e easing in headline inflation CPI and a more gradual easing in core CPI. Um, such a profile should allow central banks to remain broadly on hold with only the RBI easing in the second half of 2023 as inflation and growth slow. Um, EM Asia inflation on the headline basis has been easing on the back of two developments, the first of which has been easing energy uh, prices and the second has been food prices and this trend is expected to continue through this year and this is where the El Nino effect could affect the forecast. This would be most apparent in our view in ASEAN and India. As Jeff and Jeanette mentioned, there could be some fairly negative implications for equities. Um, and this tends to be at least in ASEAN and India where the El Nino effect tends to be most concentrated. Um, in terms of precedents, we do have precedents um, in the last several years. The most severe one that we've had in the last decade was in 2015, 2016. Um, and while this did prove to be quite disruptive to output, it mainly affected rice output in Indonesia and the Philippines 
vaccines and the manifestation in CPR was less apparent. Um, and this owes at least in our view to uh, the preventive measures that were implemented, including stockpiling. And we expect, given the forewarnings of the ENSO this year, or the El Nino effect this year, a similar policy response uh, should be anticipated as well. Um, what this implies, therefore, um, is that we still remain fairly sanguine in terms of the impact of the El Nino effect on food prices this year. Um, but we do remain watchful idiosyncratic food price developments, uh, which, for instance, in the case of Tallinn last year, was exacerbated by a local outbreak of African swine flu, which led to a sharp but localized rise in food prices. Um, if we do have a similar impact in, in, in ASEAN, uh, this will certainly have an idiosyncratic impact on, on, on food prices. Again, uh, given that there has been stockpiling that's been occurring, uh, we do impact, uh, do expect a fairly mitigated or modest impact on food prices. So until that changes, or unless we see evidence of that changing, uh, we remain uh, pretty much, I would say, comfortable with our forecast of easing and headline inflation uh, and core inflation to come down, albeit slightly more slowly than headline inflation. Thank you. Thanks, Sinbeng. So seems the risk of inflation read-through look relatively well contained in ASEAN. Sanjay, focusing on India now. What impact would you be looking for if we do indeed move to El Nino conditions by the end of the year? What should investors be keeping an eye on? Thanks, Anna. Uh, Long-term data suggests there is strong correlation between Indian rainfall outcomes and El Nino conditions. The Indian Meteorological Department forecasts normal monsoons in 2023, but historical evidence suggests El Nino conditions can drive below par rains in India. The variance tends to be worse for northern, drier parts of India than for regions in the south, unfortunately. Historically, lower rainfall has also hurt the production of the principal staples, rice and wheat, and has reduced agricultural GDP growth in the country. The progression of El Nino conditions would then become a drag on India's rural and overall GDP growth. There are three factors that, however, mitigate concern. One, an increasing proportion of farmland is now irrigated. Data suggests sensitivity of crop output to rainfall is falling. Second, agri-GDP is now only 15% of the total economy, down from close to 50% earlier. And third, India has surplus production of the basic food staples. Even if output falls due to El Nino conditions, the country is unlikely to suffer food shortages. In addition, the upcoming federal elections means government is likely to actively address any rural distress through an increase in social support. Consumption outcomes in India's rural regions and lower-income households should therefore continue to recover from pandemic lows despite the risk El Nino presents. There is little correlation of sector outcomes to rainfall other than for two-wheelers. Sales of two-wheelers have tended to slow during periods of poor rainfall. Again, we think this sector is likely to continue to benefit from the reopening of the economy and improving consumer confidence and should be able to overcome drags created by El Nino. Lower rainfall can reduce availability of hydropower and force more thermal power generation. This can increase coal imports and drive up short-term electricity prices. Despite the surpluses, food prices in India can trend up on lower output. El Nino conditions can pose a marginal upside risk to Indian inflation, limiting monetary policy headroom. Back to you. Thank you, Sanjay, for the insights. So the team have given a good overview of how we think El Nino might impact the market over the coming months. Looking out longer term and from an ESG perspective, we really think this plays out by potentially sharpening focus on climate change. It is perhaps not a coincidence that the Paris Agreement was signed during the so-called Super El Nino event of 2015 and 2016, which set new modern records for heat. Another global heat record could sharpen focus on the threats posed by climate change and result in more aggressive near-term emission reduction targets, 
or lend a sense of urgency to the transition debate, which has more recently hovered closer to energy security concerns. For investors, extreme temperatures are likely to test current infrastructure and put the spotlight on climate adaptation. Climate change has been a strong driver of growth in ESG investing, with over 1,100 climate-themed funds now in existence. The bulk of investor attention thus far, however, has been skewed towards mitigation. Aside from the need to urgently and immediately cut greenhouse gas emissions, we believe investing in mitigation has so far dominated because of its investability. Reducing emissions is a singular objective, providing a sole criteria for investment. Carbon markets, meanwhile, also provide an incentive. In contrast, adaptation aims to build climate resilience across society. By nature, this is a wide-reaching goal touching upon many sectors and has an inherent social angle, making the S in ESG particularly relevant here. In our work, we try to solve for this issue of uninvestability by presenting a framework to help screen for adaptation investment ideas. In it, we highlight three challenges the impacts of climate change pose to society and match these with potential investable themes. The themes include food security, water security, and increasing climate resilience. In this context, climate resilience refers both to the built environment as well as the resilience of populations to prepare for and cope with climate hazards. Within the Asia context, we also look closely at the National Strategy on Climate Adaptation for 2035 in China and estimate the country faces a US $100 billion a year adaptation gap. Improving the climate resilience of infrastructure makes up a large chunk of this, equal to around 0.4% of China's GDP. That being said, adaptation gas estimates largely underestimate the investment opportunity by focusing mostly on avoided losses. Firms, meanwhile, will invest in adaptation when relevant to their continued ability to be profitable, and many stand to benefit from a growing market for their products, given changing environmental conditions. We highlight some of these opportunities in our research. And with that, we are at the end of this podcast on market implications of El Nino for Asia. Thank you for listening. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan research reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2023 JP Morgan, Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on June 7, 2023. Investment in securities market are subject to market risks. Read all the related documents carefully before investing. Registration granted by SEBI and certification from NISM in no way guarantee performance of the intermediary or provide any assurance of returns to investors.